making a new Lion King. You're like, you cannot make, the, you cannot mess this up. This is my childhood. Please don't. And uh, so, hey, it's anyway. It's good to see everyone this morning. My name is Greg. I'm the teaching pastor at Life Church, and I'm so excited to be with you all this morning. And I know God has given me a word specifically for you all, and so I'm excited for that this morning. No, I am not uh, Pastor Dan. Uh, he, he looks like me. I just have a little bit more of a tan. Um, but he, they, he and his uh, beautiful bride, Kristen, will be here next week. And so we as a church, as an executive team, we've been praying through this transition. And I just want to bring a word of solace uh, this morning, okay? This isn't a temporary fix. This is a permanent solution. Amen? Uh, we intend on growing roots, and we ain't going nowhere. And I know that's not grammatically correct, but... I need you to fill my heart. We ain't going nowhere. God has called us to Appleton, and so this is the time to build. And as I walk, amen. And as I as I was walking in this morning, I just just felt Galatians six nine uh, on my heart. You know where it says, "Don't grow weary in doing good, because in due season." You will reap harvest if you do not give up. Appleton Campus, can I prophetically speak to you today? This is due season. Amen. This is harvest season. You haven't grown weary. You've been good. You've been faithful. You've been diligent. And God wants to bless you. Amen. So we're not weeping this morning. We're worshiping Okay, so I, it's so good to, to be with you all. Uh, again, I'm so blessed by the friendship of, of Pastor Jeff and his wife, Abby. And we even noticed this morning uh, in the leaders meeting, I said, you know, a leader's done a great job when everything is in place and they're no longer here. And so I thank God for that. Um, transition is a part of life. Uh, it's a part of ministry. As a minister, you know, I am acquainted with it. And one thing I always keep in mind is, to everything, there's a time and a season. Season. You know, I, I get to travel, and people say, oh, my God, I love you as a speaker. I say, well, please don't. Oh, why? Because I'm a man, and I'll fail you. And I may not be here, but God will. And so that's, 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 that's why we're here this morning. And so if you're a first-time guest this morning, we are so excited that you're with us. This is a good time to be in the house this morning. Amen? So I get to preach Lion King this morning. I love that song, Hakuna Matata. Because it is literally the essence of worry-free. I don't know about you, but how many people want to live worry-free, right? I mean, come on, like really worry-free, not this little subtle anxiety. I want to be uh, uh, carefree and live worry-free. And did you know that's God's intention for us all? It is not God's intention that we would have anxiety attacks and panic attacks and freak out. No, it's God's intention that we will not worry to the point where he emphasizes something throughout the entirety of the Bible. Rest. Everyone say that with me. Rest. All right. All right. We're close to Green Bay. Like, let's say it in the uh, Aaron Rodgers translation. You ready for this? R-E-L-A-X. Relax. Relax. So I want to really emphasize restlessness this morning, uh, because if we're honest, we've all been there. 
We've all been restless. We've had subtle anxieties. Maybe you're on your job and you, you, you realize that there's a massive layoff about to happen and you're not quite sure if, if it's your department that's going to experience the, the layoff and you just have a little bit of restlessness. There's this little ambiguity that keeps you up at night. Maybe, maybe you, you, you have a, a relationship with your spouse and things aren't going as planned. And because I know no married couple in here ever has conflict ever in life. Amen. Um, maybe it will cause you to be restless. Maybe even as a parent, you know, you raise that little rug rat to go to heaven, but they live like, okay. And, um, I don't, I can't connect the dots, God, so I'm trying to help. I, I would love for you to connect the dots, and it doesn't seem to worry, and I love them, so I'm a bit restlessness, right? I'm a bit restless. We, we get restless, and we notice this because we get easily agitated. Has that ever happened to anybody? You're on edge. You're just anticipating things that have not even happened yet. Maybe you get a bit irritable with people. Maybe you uh, don't sleep at night. But I say this because that's not God's heart for us. It's his heart that we would have peace. And the Bible says it's the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. And it should guard your heart as well as your mind. And that's my prayer this morning through the word that uh, I pray that the peace of God is exuded this morning. I love that word, restlessness. And if you're, you need a definition for it, it's simply this. Restlessness is the inability to rest or relax as a result of worry or boredom. Now, if you fall asleep this morning, that's between you and God. I know I'm not bored, okay? I'm just playing. Um, <laughs> restlessness, the inability to relax as a result of, of worry or boredom. I get it. God is about rest. Be still and know. Cast your cares on me. God loves you enough to say, listen, you don't have to work anymore. But you know the challenging thing is, friends, many times even as we go to God and he says, listen, you have the day off, we're still working. Worrying is your attempt to control the situation. Let's call it what it is. I know, I know, I'm keeping it all the way real this morning. So, Lo, help me with this. Let's stop using the phrases, I'm just trying to help. No, you're actually trying to have control, okay? Let's just call it what it is. But watch this. The rest comes when you give that control to God. You're not responsible for the outcome. You're just responsible for your power posture in the middle of the situation. Restlessness is trying to handle the outcome. No, it's not your job. No, your job is to rest in the middle of the situation. When it comes to a Christ follower, man, there's a few things that frustrate me. Now, I'm, I'm 32 years old, and um, I'm finally getting to that age where I told my wife, I realized I'm no longer relevant. And I'm just not. We were speaking at a college a few weeks ago, and it just hit me. It's like, dude, like everything uh, these kids get grounded for is a delight to me. You know what I mean? Like, you can't go out this weekend. Thank you, Jesus. 
You keep it up. You're going to go to bed early. Hallelujah. I'm going to take that phone and turn it off, please. By all means, you can, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just, I'm getting to that place where I just, I'm, I'm just not relating, but I understand it. But one thing that frustrates me about social media is it, it, it gives this portrayal that everything is all right. And it, and it allows us to post the pictures that we want people to see. And when we post pictures, let's be honest, we don't post uh, the negative side. We want to paint this facade of what we want people to think, when in all actuality, we're crying ourselves to sleep at night. <laughs> and what that does is it doesn't allow us to come to truth. And, and God delights in truth. The truth shall set you Free. The Bible is the clearest picture you could ever have, and it doesn't need a filter, period. No cap. Social media gives filters. Well, maybe the picture you wanted to post isn't good enough, but we can help you be perfect. That's not God's heart. You know, another thing that, 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 that frustrates me this morning, if I can be transparent, is sometimes scripture. All right? I remember... As a college student, I would text my mom and just like, oh, this is going on. And she would text me scripture and I would get so mad. <laughs> I know I get that, but however, I'm still freaking out. You know what I mean? Like, because let's be real, right? It says to cast all your cares on God because he cares for you. I've yet to see him. Have you? And that thought of how am I supposed to do this? How is this applicable? And so that's what we want to focus on today, how to even make scripture when it comes to rest and peace and being worry-free applicable. So if you have your Bibles this morning, I want to look at Philippians. I want to really look at uh, Philippians chapter 4. Um, and this morning, I want to start off in verse 7, Philippians 4, 7. The Bible says this, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Can we read that together this morning? And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. There's something about peace. There's a whole other thing about the peace of God. Peace looks like having a day off from work. Peace looks like maybe going on a vacation or having a spa day or getting a massage. You're just peaceful. The peace of God looks like you can go through hell, but hell still doesn't get in you. The peace of God looks, it says like your life is falling apart. How do you still have joy? The peace of God says, and everyone else is scrambling and freaking out. How are you still cool? Because I don't have man's peace. I have the peace of God. I don't get that. You're not supposed to. It surpasses all understanding. The peace of God. That's a whole nother level. But the truth is, if we're honest, many of us have yet to experience it. But it's my prayer today that we do. And restlessness is the absence of the peace of God. 
and let the peace of God. God's so big, watch this, he can handle your problem. I'm just, that, just putting that out there, I know. Mind-blowing, right? Yeah. You know, Jesus is so cool. He's been here the entire time. I know. I think sometimes we look at Jesus like he was born in Matthew, and we're just like, well, you know, he's new to this, or he's God's second best option. But I don't know about you, but in John 1, it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. Who was the Word? Capital W, Jesus. He was there in the beginning. No, not in creation. He was there in the beginning. He's the creator. He's not creation. So if the creator has this, I think he may know just a little bit about what he's talking about. But if we're honest, it's hard to get to that level of trust. But I want to help you today, friends. I want to give you three, three checks or so that, that cause us to have restlessness. These can be indicators, if we will. One thing is conversation. Conversation. Have you ever had a conversation with somebody and immediately after it, it just bugs you? I can't describe it. It's just like something on the inside of you is leaping. Your heart's like, you know what I mean? And here's why. Because if we're not careful or mindful, we will allow other people to project their own anxiety on us. Okay? So what does it mean to be a Christ follower? Well, let's break it down like this. You, anybody own a home here? Amen. It's getting cold. Praise God for the heating bill, right? What does it look like to be a Christ follower? If the world is a home, as a Christ follower, you're the thermostat. You're not the thermometer. You set the temperature. You don't just, dic- you don't just get uh, 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 your, your outcome based on what's happening. Why do I say that? Because even when it comes to your mind and your heart, listen, you are in charge of that, and we don't have to let other people put their problems on us. The Bible says this. It says, don't let, in Ephesians 4.29, it says, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building up others according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. You know, the one thing that like really bugs me as a pastor, right, is when we as those who know better are always the ones that are freaking out. I almost freaked out. See, I didn't worry about it. I just let it. Amen. Just let it happen. That was a sermon illustration. Boom. And oftentimes, those of us who know better don't do better. Have you ever heard yourself speak? You know the power of your words? Words are so powerful that God spoke the earth into motion. Words are powerful. Words reveal who you really are. Now, I get it. We're human. We need to vent. But if it's constant negativity, if it's constant cynicism, if it's constant uh, 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 anxiety-driven conversation, my, my question to you is, 
Are you battling with restlessness? Because in the Bible it says this, we don't need to let any unwholesome talk come out of our mouths. But we need to get it out, right? Can I challenge you this morning? Don't phone a friend. Don't tweet it. Don't post it on Facebook. I double dog dare you to talk to God about it. Because when I talk to God about it, I don't need to talk to you about it. And people don't even know that I, listen, I had a panic attack this morning, but I talked to God about it, and you would never know. Another sign that we're restless is character, our character. 1 Corinthians 15, 33 says this, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character, okay? Maybe you're restless because your character is in question. Have you ever gone out and done something you thought to yourself, there's that subtle thing in your mind before you even went there, I don't know if this is a good idea. But us glorified people pleasers, we'll just go along with it. And maybe that restlessness is not just you being a, 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 a control freak. Maybe that restlessness is God's subtle way of speaking to you, saying, listen, red flag. I know you're 35 and still single, but trust me, you don't need to settle. I have the one for you. Maybe that restlessness is God's way of saying, listen, I know you desire to be in relationship and paint this picture that you have this picture perfect family. But maybe the restlessness you get in holi at holiday time is because there's some toxic people that I really want to eliminate you from. And maybe it's just a sign of our character. And if we get to the point where worry consumes us to, to the point where it affects our actions, we know we're restless. You know, as a youth pastor, I, I, would, I, I took delight. I know that there's no youth in here. Well, if there are, hey, I love you. As a youth pastor, I took delight in scaring kids. Like, I, I know. I just, you know, like my phrase was literally, we should love the hell out of students, right? And sometimes it's good to scare it out of them too, right? Like, you know, like they think you don't know what they did, but you do know. And just to watch them shake and panic and try to explain and conduct themselves as such, like, oh, they don't know. Oh, yeah, I do know. Why? Because you're acting different. I'm, yeah. Maybe the uneasiness you feel about around people isn't the fact that you have social anxiety. Maybe there's just areas of your life you're trying to hide. But you know the beautiful thing about a church like this is we're just accumulation of imperfect people, man, trying to serve a perfect God. We all got something, baby. We all got something. You don't have to hide anymore, and you don't have to feel anxious. Another sign that you, you could be Restless is your conduct. Where are you going? What are you doing there? At work, are you fudging the numbers to, to look better? Are you being dishonest to your spouse? You know, what does your browser history look like? 
bad conduct will always lead to restlessness for a Christ follower. So sometimes restlessness is, watch this, your cue to repent. Oftentimes, I think we, we take the confession of our mistakes and our sin, and we leave it at salvation. But the goal of this thing is, yeah, it started at salvation, and I challenge you to keep apologizing, keep repenting until Jesus comes back. Because if I'm an ordained minister of the Assemblies of God and I still make mistakes, I know we all in here still make mistakes. But what allows us to have the adequate conduct we need to have is we can repent, we can apologize, and we can be reconciled with God. Amen. Well, maybe you feel awkward around other people. Maybe that's your cue to apologize. Yeah, you did it. No, it's not your group of friends. We know your mood goes up and down like gas prices. That's just Shelly. Oh, just Shelly. No, Shelly, don't feel awkward. Just apologize. Seriously. Married people are, yeah, you married people in the house. Will you wave at me? Married people. All right, give your clap, married people. And marriage is a good thing, right? All right, I ask married people all the time, is that your soulmate or cellmate? Both live together, but you tell me, right? Married people, this is for free. There's three things that I'm going to give you this morning that are free. You ready for this? You're taking notes. This is a word from God. I am sorry. Yeah. Do you realize that I am sorry can fix decades of hurt? Do you realize that families are torn apart each and every day because people are too proud to apologize? And if the essence of the gospel is reconciliation and restoration, the fact that we're isolating ourselves may be an indicator that we may have a challenge apologizing. And so we'll just keep running and running and running. But hey, you know what? Forgive me, I made a mistake. That's my bad. I take responsibility. God is consistent. The Bible says that He's not the author of confusion. The only thing that went to and fro in the Bible, watch this, was demonic forces. So I love when people come to my after church. They're like, oh yeah, Pastor Greg, this is awesome. And yeah, so cool. Where are you going to church? Well, you know, I'm just hopping around. Mm hmm. Yeah. Why aren't you settled? That's not who God is. God does not do anything incomplete, friends. Does he say be made halfway? Be made 99? No, be made whole. God deals in totality, not partiality. The last thing is an indicator that we can be challenged with restlessness is simply this. Sometimes it's just our circumstance. And I want to call the worship team back this morning. Sometimes it's just our circumstance. This is the toughest one because uh, it's out of our control. Paul wrote something intriguing about this idea as 
as we, we, we talk about this idea of rest, restlessness, and this is where I want to get back to the main text this morning and, and revisit what it says in Philippians 4, then starting in Philippians 4, 7, it says this, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Verse 7, my friends, is a promise. Okay, And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. That's a promise. But watch this. If we look above verse 7, in verse 6 it says this, do not be anxious about anything. In other words, there will be plenty of opportunity to worry and fill up oil. But Paul said, no, nah, don't be anxious. Don't be anxious. But then he goes on. And he doesn't leave us hanging. He says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation. Watch this. That means every time you see any form of subtle anxiety or restlessness, anytime you feel disturbed, anytime you have a check in your spirit, anytime you feel like I'm having a panic attack, I can't handle the situation. It goes on to say this. By prayer... And petition with thanksgiving, present, present, forgive me, your requests to God. What is he saying here? That sometimes the restlessness is because we're out of tune with the one who created rest. The word selah, you'll see it, S E. L-A-H. It literally means the pause. You'll see David, David used that many times in, in, in the Psalms. Rest, be still, and know. Trust. That's God's intention, not anxiety. So if we break down this word restlessness, right? R-E-S-T is rest. That's God's intention for you. You ready for this? The lessness is man's attempt to do God's job. Put that in your Christian pipe and smoke it later. And many of us have the lessness, but we don't have the rest. Why? Because man will always be less than God. The fall of man came because man tried to take control and do God's job. All I need you to do is tell me about it. I don't need you to fix the problem, too. If we could be honest, this is why so many people struggle to come to church, because what does God tell us to do? He tell us, tells us to catch the fish, but no, we feel it's our job to clean them, too. No. Just simply do what I'm asking you to do. But what breaks my heart is I know the feeling of living with anxiety. I know the feeling of insomnia. I know the feeling of having your heart pump and you're physically present in situations, but mentally you're just all over the place and you're scattered. But I also know the relief that comes when you say, God, I can't do nothing about this. I'm giving it to you. I don't, I'm no longer in control. God, you've got this. You've got to handle this. But watch this. Why do we use prayer as a spare tire instead of a steering wheel? 
It's our last resort. No, Paul's saying in this text, that should be the first thing. Before the peace of God comes prayer. Well, I want the peace of God today, Pastor Greg. Awesome. We're going to pray. Even as I was driving to Appleton this morning, my family in the car, I'm just thinking about scenarios and situations. And I'm one of the newer staff members at Life Church. Okay? So here's how I got my job. Transparent moment about Pastor Greg. Husbands, if you're in here, if you do what I if you do what I'm about to tell you I did, you better make sure it was God. You ready for this? We were at another church. And I knew it was our season to transition. So we had a board meeting after service. And it was at that that time that I told our board, I said, you know what, guys? Hey, I'm submitting my resignation. Then watch this. You ready for this? I went home after that. I know. And I said, hey, babe, by the way, I quit today. You what? I quit today. You know? She almost spoke in a tongue that I could interpret, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Why'd you do that? God spoke to me. There hasn't been peace in the situation, and he's no longer in it, so it's time to go. And I did it. I quit. Now, mind you, I didn't know where I was going to go. No clue. I know I'm crazy. There's a special crown in heaven for my wife. You know, every time I come with that grand, she's like, dear Jesus, no. No. I wanted a man of God, but sometimes could you just stop speaking? Because, I mean, there's a change coming. I'm not perfect. I'm not good at a lot of things. But one thing I am good at is just simply following instructions. I don't need to add to it. I'm just, okay. God says it's time to go. Well, what are we going to do? I don't know. Good question. Way to go, provider. (laughs) True story. I can't make this up. So we went literally a little bit over a month, month and a half with no form of employment, no form of income. Watch this. I can't make this up. About a week and a half later, I come home and she's bawling her eyes out and she's surrounded by envelopes. And I'm like, dear God, perfect. Now that I'm unemployed, here comes the onslaught of bills. I'm like, dear And I get closer, and she's crying, and I'm just, like, preparing myself. And I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, we just got a bunch of cards in the mail. I said, from who? And she said, the church. And I'm like, really? I don't really know anybody there. But here's the crazy thing. Each one of those cards had words of encouragement in it and money. I can't make this up. And I'm telling you, we got nearly 200 cards, and they kept coming day after day. We'd open our mail. These things would be falling out with checks in them and words of encouragement and And the only thing I could do was cry and say, God, forgive me for every time I tried to control the situation. Many people say, we want a miracle. All right, give God the opportunity to move on your behalf. Amen. I want to speak to Appleton campus this morning as we're we're in the heart of, of transition. And for some, I want to applaud you this morning. You've been here since conception. You've endured and you've battled. But I'm telling you, harvest season is here. This is not the time to scramble. This is not the time to be worried. This is not the time to say, awesome, I'm going to check out something else. This is the time to say, watch this. God, I don't know what you're going to do. 
but I do know this. You operate in more than enough. Okay, let's do it in Ephesians. He can do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ever ask or think. So God, let my thoughts be that of peace and joy and hope. Many people tell me a lot of their problems and I understand it. But the sad thing is many of us don't have Thanksgiving. In that text, Paul didn't just say pray. He said with Thanksgiving. You may not have everything you want, but you have what you need. Times could be hard, but thank Jesus, there's no one naked in here this morning. But somebody woke up and they don't have clothes on their back. You may not like your family. I get it. People aren't perfect, but there's people with no family. You may not like your job. I totally understand it. But there's somebody right now praying that God would open up a door of opportunity for them to find employment. When we take control, we get so consumed in our situation that we forget to thank God for the simple things. You don't know my husband. Sweetie, there's somebody right now praying that they were married. I understand people aren't perfect. Have you ever thanked God for them? And said, I'm not trying to fix them anymore, God. I know that's your job, so I'm just going to pray. It's not God's heart, friend, that we're restless. It's his heart that we rest. There's everyone in this room this morning. You have breath in your lungs. Give yourself a round of applause. You just experienced a miracle. Come on. So watch this. I've read the book. Okay, there's 66 verses. We win. I know, spoiler alert. I read it. We win. So watch this. For the fact that he woke you up this morning, that means whatever you ask, it is possible in him. So as we close this morning, I want to sing that song one more time and let that be our heart's cries. You know what, God, you not only did it once, but I know you can do it again. God, you not only provided for Appleton Campus once, I know you can do it again. Because, God, I've seen a move. I've seen a move. Come on. Many of us know we've had health conditions in this room, and we know what it feels like when God supernaturally heals us. Come on, somebody. If he can do it, he can do it again. So, God, we still trust your track record because you're undefeated. So this morning as we close, I want us to sing that song, and then I'm going to come back and we'll pray. As we sing.